This is HPR episode 2091 entitled Everyday Unix slash Linux Tools for Data Processing. It is hosted by BEasy and is about 30 minutes long. The summary is, in this episode, I give some examples of common and uncommon tools for processing data files. This episode of HPR is brought to you by anhonesthost.com. Get 15% discount on all shared hosting with the offer code HPR15. That's HPR15. Better web hosting that's honest and fair at anhonesthost.com. This is Be Easy once again with another episode. This time I'm going to talk to you about some of the command line and other tools I use uh, to analyze and process data. Now a lot of what I do for my day job is looking at data in various formats, whether it be text or, sh- or numbers or other types of objects, sometimes images even. And it comes in all types of formats, and so a lot of things I have to do before I even start analyzing it at all is to get it into a format that is more agreeable for automated data processing or automated data analysis. So I'm just going to go through some of the tools I use. I'm not going to go through an exhaustive list, but here we go. So in terms of uh, cleaning up to get prepared for the right type of environment, I like to use a program called uh, Unix to DOS or DOS to Unix, depending on which way I'm going. It's the same one program, but it has both commands. And it does stuff like change the um, child's, changes the file encoding to UTF-8. It, it has options where you can change it to other things, but you can, can change the file encoding. You can change, it changes the end-of-line character and the end of file characters that differ between Unix-like systems and Windows-like systems or DOS-like systems. And so a lot of times I'll get a, a bunch of files that are, are text-based and they'll be in, in the DOS style. I'll just run Unix DOS star on a directory and it does all of them. Uh, another one that is also useful is a program called Detox. I talked about it briefly um, before, I think, or I, I might have mentioned it in the comments of another podcast. But Detox is a utility that renames files to make them easier to work with. This is out of the man page. It uh, removes spaces and other such annoyances. It also translates or cleans up Latin 1 ISO 855-1 characters encoded in 8-bit ASCII Unicode characters encoded in UTF-8 and CGI escape characters so you you might remember 
sometimes um, people have you put spaces in and things uh, in, in the file names and if you're not careful in bash and you don't properly put quotation marks around your variables and you do uh, it, it, you'll end up parsing the um, a part of a file name instead of the entire file name because of the space and then you'll get an error message like command not found or no such file or directory because you're not looking in, in the entire name of the file you're only looking at the first set of characters before before the first piece of white space and so if you don't want to have to worry about that you can use detox and it cleans that kind of stuff up it also take out question marks and, and you can indicate what character you want to make the default character to be to replace these characters as one of the options so you can take out all the question marks replace them with underscores or replace them with da um, dash lines however you want to clean it up it, it'll clean it up and there's some other options you can look in man page to learn more um, another thing I use for cleaning up files a lot of times is um, PDF to text so a lot of times I'll get text uh, PDF documents that were um, either a save as PDF or a print to file PDF files or not a scanned image file Th that would take um, OCR or to to decode so I'm not talking about that I'm talking about when you save uh, save a, a text file or a word file to PDF or or even from LaTeX so for those type of documents PDF to text will do exactly what it says it'll turn a PDF document into a text document and just strip all the text out one thing that I like to do on top of that is use a option called dash layout so single tech layout that will make the PDF to text do its best job of trying to impersonate the layout of the PDF document so if it, if it's if you don't do that and say the title is centered it'll just put the title all the way left justified but if you use dash layout it'll put spaces in the beginning to make it look like it's centered or if you have a table it'll this is what it's really great for is for tables you it, it'll try to format tables with um, you know by aligning the white spaces up and making it look like a table very useful and especially useful in bulk so if I do PDF to text star a uh, star dot PDF on a directory it'll make a whole directory full of txt files why is that good well because you can do a lot of other things with text that you can't do with PDFs like some of the other commands that I'm about to go over such as ack and grep and sed now I'm not going to go into sed because uh, we've had many wonderful uh, episodes already about sed and if you haven't heard any you should go back because I've learned a lot I've been taking a lot and using them in my in my work so it's very useful ack and grep do similar type things whereas they if you use the command ls it'll list all the names of files if you but if you do grep and then a, a, a word or a pattern a regex pattern and then a file or a group of files or 
star on the directory or star.txt, whatever the case may be, it'll look into every document and look for that text inside of it. And then with different options, tell, with grep, for instance, you can do dash capital A5 and whatever the um, pattern is, star.txt, it'll look for that pattern and the five lines after. So if you know that what the, there's a pattern in the documents that you're looking at that from this pattern down five lines is the text that you want, you can do that by using dash A number or dash, uh, no, okay, dash A number, dash B number, and I'm sorry, I switched up, dash A number is above, and dash B number is below, and it's the capital. The lowercase letters have a, a slightly different meaning, and you can read the fan page to learn about them. And that's that's what I use grep for, for the most part. If I want to do dash capital A or dash capital B, I'll use grep. Otherwise, I will use ACK. And I also like ACK because I also use Vim. And there is a plugin called ACK Vim that I use inside of Vim to do ACK. On a, so if I CD into a directory and I open a file in Vim, I can hit ACK and the pattern that I want and it'll, it'll give me a quick tip menu with all the files that match and all the lines and I can go and look at every file that matches but it, it does the same thing on the command line where you put you put ACK and the pattern whether it's just the word or any other regex pattern and it'll look in there and find it and print it to the screen or you can print it to a file if you redirect like we've learned in other bash tips and so I really really enjoy ACK it's it, in the man pages it describes it as a grep alternative for programmers and even if you're not a programmer it makes you feel good to be considered like a programmer for using this tool so little ego boost uh, now one of the things I like to use these uh, tools in combination so I needed to find out if a certain phrase or word or group of words I've already written down in documentation so and the documents are PDFs so I will PDF the text in all the all the all the files and then ACK for the name or the uh, or the subject that I'm looking for find out which file is in that actually open up that file and read what I want I do this with my notes so I take a lot of notes for you know work for things I might learn on my side time my shopping list and being able to just do ACK vegetables on my notes directory and it'll find where I wrote down vegetables is really great but also for work it has lots of great uses there too so uh, another tool that I use a lot um, is uh, awk and I'm pretty sure there have been some episodes on awk as well it's a great tool for parsing data that is in a structured format with field separators and columns so it's you can do it text tab delimited files pipe delimited files comma delimited files you can define the field separator 
and I'm not going to go into it exhaustively here because it's a really big topic. Awk is really big. And if there's a need, I could make a whole series about Awk. Like there's a whole series about uh, said, And I probably just talked myself into doing it. So you might want to stay tuned eventually for that. Um, but <laughs> just like anything else, it's a way to, to get your data in the columns. So if I CSV file, instead of trying to open it in, in uh, LibreOffice, I'll just awk it. And if I just want the third column, I'll just take the third column out. And I use it in bash scripts. One bash script that I, I like to use it with is with another couple of tools called wget and curl, which are command line utilities to interface with the internet. And so one project, here's a little project for you. Uh, I needed to get a list of words, the definition of them. So what do I do? I look at something like Merriam-Webster dictionary and I see the pattern of the of the URL where there's a there's a part in the URL where the word that you're looking for goes and then I'll say okay well I'll just write a big CSV file or a big text file with uh, the words I'm looking for and do a for loop on every line and do a wget of the web page and do a substitution where I add the word that from that line so for every line look for the look for this word and put that word in the URL and then a lot of these sites are tricky so you might have to put a sleep 10 or a sleep 60 or whatever you want to have to do you might have to make it pause for a couple of seconds before it sends another request because a lot of these sites don't want you to do this so they'll put in something like a delay so that you so and if you do it too fast one of the w gets that you get the html file all it'll say is um something like don't use robots to download our data <laughs> so um it's not that it's um illegal it's just that it's something that they don't want you to do um and then you know obviously reference away say i got this from miriam webster um one of the other things I like to do, um, either in said or inside of Vim, instead of using Unix to DOS or DOS to Unix, is I'll just do a said command or a Vim record expression substitution to take out the special characters. So it'll be like said dash I, then inside of single quotes, S forward slash carrot capital M four slash floor slash G and then close the um, close the single quote start at txt that'll take out all the end of line characters another way to take them all out is said dash I uh, single quote s forward slash backslash R which is a oh, return key slash slash g close the quote start at txt that'll do something similar another tricky one is to get the last line out and i do that one in vim more than anything else and i'll talk about that because sometimes there'll be an end of file character that you have to parse out i'll go into that in, in a little bit um and then another thing that I, I use a lot 
is Pandoc. As I've said in another uh, podcast, I really enjoy writing in plain text, writing in Markdown. One, because I can do cool things like grep an entire directory or accurate an entire directory and find out where where I wrote down how to um, set up a LAMP server if I have it written down somewhere. <laughs> Uh, that I can find the file that it is, but also because I just really hate messing around with formatting, and I'm and when I do mess with it, I'm kind of, you know, I get distracted by making sure it's all perfect, and not focusing on the text that I'm actually writing. So, you know, doing something like h make, making an h1 header with a single asterisk makes it so I don't have to worry about if the next one time I want a header one is lined up correctly or it's the right color. And then, and I've learned from some of the other episodes how to be a good template creator and that just made me more into using mark markdown because now that I know that there's a good way to do it I would really spend you know 15 20 minutes just making a good template before I even start writing <laughs> so if I just need to write I will just write in markdown um, like I said curl wget I'm not going to get into those there's lots of things online to talk about curl and wget but one thing I do use uh, I use I, I usually use wget if I just want to bring down a .html file and I'll use curl if I want to send like if I want to do work with a REST API I'll do a, a curl dash capital X you know then put in the capital H for the headers add headers and then put a you know you know dash capital X post send it and then get the data back you know if curl works with being able to use plain authentication other authentication methods so if you need to log into something find a, a file on the sftp server bring it down you can do it through curl and that way you can script it and automate it all right so keeping with the idea of working with text a lot i'm going to go over some just a couple of vim tricks that i use i'm not going to go into all of vim vim is a lot of things but one of the things that i like to do is i will open up uh, arg list of files that I want to work with. So I'll say something like if I'm in a directory with a bunch of text files, vim star.txt, which will load all of the vim files into the argument list of vim. And then you can work with them in a very cool way where you can do, you can hit colon vim space, then forward slash the pattern. And, and slash and then space uh, what what is that it's like the pound pound and what that will do is it'll look for the pattern in everything in your arg list and it'll put it into a little quick tips thing at the bottom and then you can do our um, you can do our arg next or a next I use a plugin called um, unimpaired so I don't remember how to do it I, I just do uh, I just use the shortcut for, that the impaired uh, tool gives you but you can go through every single document if, so instead of just searching one document when you hit N it goes to the next you hit N it goes to the next 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 and then when you get to the end of this list in this document you hit next one more time and it goes to the next document and starts looking in that one and then the next one and the next one the next one that has been such a saver and I've been able to take projects that I do and people that and other people do the same project and it'll take me like a third of the time because I can search text so fast and find the 
find the things I'm looking for, make changes on on the fly, and keep going, or just find it, see if it exists or not. If it doesn't exist, add it. It's been such a huge time saver. Like I mentioned before, there's the ACK plugin, and then a similar thing as the 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 ArgList search is the buffer search and replace. And so there's a command called buff do. So if, if you don't want to, if you um, know that there's something that's in all these files and you don't want to use sed because you're already in Vim and you already have like five files open in Vim, you can do colon buff do, which is B U F D O. And then you can do space uh, pre percent sign S forward slash the pattern slash the replacement slash GE and it'll and then space pipe space update it's going to go in and replace all those files and all and resave them with the replacement in it very cool thing to do um, so that's all the Vim tricks I'm going to go over right now. So some of the the two languages I program in most of the time when I have to do scripting are R and Python. And I'm not going to go into how I use them because it's a really big topic, but I'm going to go into just some of the, the modules that I use. So for R, the libraries I use are that are useful are R curl, which is a, you know, a curl interface when you're in R. Um, RVEST, which is similar to Beautiful Soup in Python, which I'll talk about, but it's a way to scrape data off a web page. XML, another way to scrape data off a web page. And XLSX, which is a way to get data out of Excel files. The thing we're working with some of these plugins, though, is that they have dependencies on, on your operating system, like XLSX. You need to have R Java installed, which means you have to have Java installed. Um, RXML, I mean XML requires a libxml2. Um, so, I, and, I, and I know these things when you're on a Windows system because I've used them on Windows before. It's actually um, in the binary because you know there aren't any dynamic, dynamically linked things in there. So, it it's in the binary when you do when you install the module, but for Unix like systems you have to install the um, you have to install the dependencies first. So yeah, those three are really useful. Uh, one thing about XLSX, you can go and it'll just bring the put the entire worksheet in a data in a data frame, and you can say I want to look at the third um, worksheet in the workbook, and I want to just look at the first 25 rows, or you can say for every sheet worksheet and workbook do this so you know automation of that kind of stuff is, is really fun um, I, I start doing these things a lot more instead of using uh, visual basic because I hate writing macros that's it and then to do that LibreOffice to to uh, MS office just not good when it comes to macros this is reproducible some of the Python libraries I use, Beautiful Soup, like I said once, once before, Beautiful Soup is a great Python library for scraping data off of web pages. NLTK, which is a natural language toolkit, 
it is uh, there's another one called TMNR which is similar which is TM stands for text miner natural language toolkit and, and uh, NLTK and Python they're both natural language processors uh, there, there's no way I have time to go into natural language processing um, but there are some really good I'll put in the show notes a good couple of YouTube videos to watch if you want to learn about natural language processing because it's a big topic and it's the way search engines and contextual search and a lot of these things work that in combination a lot of times with hidden Markov models are the, are the ways that a lot of this dynamic search contextual search stuff works in uh, in you know search engines uh, RE Python library which is just the regular expression library it's good if you want to work with regular expressions in Python you need to do that um, RDF lib I work with um, creating taxonomies and ta and ontology sometimes and so if you're going to deal with a semantic web uh, and you don't want to deal with uh, like semaphore or one of these big data huge platforms you don't want to spend money for that but you have the files already um, RDF lib is a great way to interact with those files or that the server there's another um, module called sparkle wrapper SPA RQL wrapper and it's a subset of RDF lib commands that's a little bit easier to work with but I like working with RDF lib straight away for, for most things and then CSV CSV is a built-in Python library that lets you work with CSV files tab uh, it's, it's pretty much similar to awk where you can work with a lot, any type of uh, character separated file but it also works with uh, Excel files too and so um, those are some of the tools that I use. Um, some other tools that I use that are that are Java web client or web servers are um, OpenRefine. OpenRefine.org, if you haven't seen it, it, it was a project by Google. Um, it's open source. It's a way to visualize and clean up dirty data. So you can import a big, it can interface with a, a database or just like an Excel file, and it'll read it in, in, in it'll, it can cluster terms that are similar. So if it, if, it, if there's things like capitalization or misspellings, you can start to cluster those words together and say that old word is now this word. And you know, it's just a visual way of helping you clean up large amounts of data really quickly. Um, another tool to use with that is um, Reconcile CSV. It's actually a plugin for OpenRefine, and it's it's also a Java web client where you it's you basically run it as a little daemon as you're running OpenRefine, and you can interact with it. And what that does, it'll let you take data that you just cleaned up and a standard data set compare the two data sets and let you and it'll do a job of like matching the thing that you just cleaned up to this uh, to whatever standard you choose and it'll give you a probability score of how good that matches and I mean if you have to do it's really niche type of operation but if you have to do this type of work it's so useful where so there were like five different ways people spelled Mississippi because there's so many letters and you did a job in open uh, open refine 
clustering all the similar ones to a single spelling of Mississippi. Then you can go and take, you know, the, uh, just a CSV file with all the states and compare it to, and then have it compare Mississippi over here to Mississippi over there. It doesn't have to be a single word. It can be like a sentence even. But, uh, and then it'll, it, for Mississippi, it's pretty easy. There'd be like a one-to-one -one ratio of like Mississippi. So your, your, your p-value would be a one. By default, anything above a 0.8, I think it says is a good match. So if you're looking at all of the, if you're looking at all of the data that unit, the units of, of measure consortium compile, and you have a whole bunch of units of measure and a system that you're working with, you can first clean up the units of measure because people will spell milliliter or centiliter or whatever d differently. Clean it up first, compare it to the standard, and now you can say, okay, for sure, what this system called milliliter is this national standard called ML. And then there you go. So that's just like a small use case. The last tool is also a Java applet, not applet, sorry, a Java web uh, web server where all these Java web servers, all you have to do is just go, you know, Java, the name of the file, and they run pretty much. It's not too much to it. Um, but this one is called Tabula. And if you ever had a PDF and you actually wanted to take that PDF or a couple, like a table or a couple tables out of that PDF and, and put it into like a CSV file or, or an Excel file, Tabula does exactly that. It'll bring that file into like you you go in the in on your web browser, upload the file, which is not really uploaded, just saying where it is in the in your directory because it's local, um, and then it'll analyze it. You you um, basically just drag and drop like the area that you want it to analyze. So you just highlight the area on the screen that looks like the table, hit start, and then it'll extract the data out of that and put it into a CSV file or an Excel file. It took me forever to find this, but once I found it, I'm like, this is a keeper. Because so much of what I do is working, people give you PDF files and expect you to, to like be able to use them. It's like, well, this is our documentation, so put this in our database. It's like, well, it's, it's not structured data, but you can structure it in this type of way. Um, very useful. I've um, suggested to other people have no other people who are using it now, and so it's been very useful. Um, so those are my tricks uh, that are outside of command line tools. But yeah, that's uh, going to do it for this episode. If you have any questions uh, or any further suggestions, you can go ahead and uh, look for me on Hacker Public Radio. I'm there. You can also find me on Twitter on at uh, ryoung29 and stay tuned for more Hacker Public Radio goodness. You've been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by an HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link 
to find out how easy it really is. Hekka Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club and is part of the binary revolution at binrev.com. If you have comments on today's show, please email the host directly, leave a comment on the website or record a follow-up episode yourself. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license.